Welcome, cosmic listeners, to a journey unlike any other you've embarked upon. As the vastness of space stretches out before us, so too does the vastness of our own minds. This is where the ethereal meets the extraterrestrial, where inner space meets outer space. I'm your guide, alongside my hosts, Doro and Matt, and you're tuning into the intersection of meditation and mysteries beyond our stars. Picture this, a vast universe, ever-expanding, filled with stars, galaxies, and possibilities. Now visualize our own minds equally deep, intricate, and filled with untapped potential. What if these two worlds aren't as separate as they seem? All right. Welcome to Meditation and Aliens with Matt and Doro. I'm Matt, and I am the creator of Hive1.net, the social media platform to help humanity find the truth and collaborate on a better world. And I'm here with Doro Kylie, life coach extraordinaire, longtime meditator, meditation teacher, and generally wise person. Hi, Doro. <laughs> Hi, Matt. I love your introduction. Thank you. Yeah, great to be here. I love this topic. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, well, I appreciate you doing this with me. It's, uh, helps me mentally deal with the world and figure out what the heck is going on with, uh, with, with, uh, UAPs, UFOs, aliens, government cover-ups and, uh, the nature of reality. So, uh, it goes deep, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. Mm. So let's see, we usually begin with a, uh, a little news update on what's going on in the alien disclosure world. Should we, uh, should we start there? I love it. Let's do it. Okay. Well, um, I actually have some clips, uh, queued up because one of the big things that happened this past week was David Grush, the whistleblower that, uh, testified before Congress in June, along with Ryan Graves and, uh, commander David Braver, uh, Grush was on the Joe Rogan podcast. So he he sat for two and a half hours with uh, the most popular podcast host in the world. And they they talked about a lot of stuff that uh, David Grush has already uh, talked about. He was first interviewed on News Nation, did a, a one hour interview there. And then he testified in Congress, basically uh, saying that the U.S. has had a UFO crash retrieval program since, uh, well, on the, the previous uh, interviews he did, he he said that they had the, one of the early ones was in 1945. Uh, there was a crash in Magenta, Italy in 1933. He said that um, Mussolini uh, retrieved, and he, he talked about that more on the Joe Rogan podcast, and I have a clip to play about that. Um, he also... Um, well, I've got like four clips uh, from him that I can play, and maybe I should just play them. Um, what do you think? Should we just do that? Yeah, I, I'm I'm up for it. Let's jump in. Okay, let's see if I have these. I have little notes on where to start these. So the the first clip I have ready is actually he talks about the the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, that includes what's called the Schumer Amendment or the Schumer UAP 
disclosure the disclosure act of 2023 and this this act basically is a is congress saying to the pentagon they are putting all power about the any ufo uh, materials or reverse engineering program putting all the power into the executive branch of government into the the president and a uh, a uh, civilian uh, oversight group that they're going to create and so he talks about what's going on with that here and uh so i'll just play it uh let me see to do this correctly i gotta make sure i share the right screen one moment so we'll do okay i think i have it right so the Senate already passed it. They're chill with this. This is like, we're, we're good to go. And, and, but there's pushback in the house right now that is, you know, pardon my language, fucking ridiculous. So they're saying for one, it's duplicating the DOD arrows office activities. They're doing good things. They're looking at UAP reports, trying to figure out what's balloons and air trash and what's weird stuff. And of course they are doing an historical review to try to understand the U.S.'s history on this too. But the problem is with that agency, it it's within the DOD and IC, not above. So you have an issue reaching into Department of Energy, other, you know, cabinet level agencies. So you need a presidential level panel that can declassify stuff, reach into other agencies and tell, you know, certain secretaries, we're coming in, we want your stuff under presidential authority. So what's happening in the House, from what I'm told from people on the Hill that are working the issue right now, you have the the chair of the House Intel Committee, Mike Turner, who's blocking this, uh, from Ohio, Dayton, Ohio area, right, Pat? Weird. Mm-hmm. And- Right, Pat, meaning right, Patterson Air yes, Force. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Mike Rogers, which I'm kind of surprised, uh, from Alabama, who's the chair of the House Armed Services Committee, so I have a problem with Mike and Mike right now. So Mike Turner, now remember, I went to his committee in December of last year. Uh, he wasn't there, but his staff and lawyers were. And of course, he goes on Fox Business after the hearing, doesn't use my names like this whistleblower. He has no idea what he's talking about. I'm like, really? Tell me, Mike, have you ever been an intel officer or served in the military? Oh, wait, you've been the, Amer- the mayor of Dayton, Ohio. You were voted most corrupt person in Congress a couple uh, years ago and uh, pull up his PAC donors. Who are his biggest donors? Lockheed, Raytheon, Boeing. Okay. All right. So. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So he really calls out uh, Congressman Mike Turner and Mike Rogers. And um, yeah. That's shocking. Yeah. And it's so transparent. It's, I mean, it's so incredibly um, obvious. Mike Turner is the congressman for Ohio, which has Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which has a huge history in UFO lore of being the site where crafts have been taken. It has the Lockheed Martin Skunk Works inside the Air Force Base, which again, there is massive uh lore and anecdotal evidence that that is the place where so much of this uh stuff goes on and he gets and his and it literally it he has donations massive donations to him from lockheed martin raytheon and boeing well there you go right yeah. <laughs> money talks yeah and he's literally one of the 
only Congress people that is just saying this is ridiculous stuff that we need to not look into. I mean, it's the most transparent, obvious connection of a a person being manipulated by military industrial companies to suppress the release of this information. Yep. Wow. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, and in a later, uh, in another part of the interview, Grush, he straight up names um, I, uh, another, um, he gives a lot more evidence directly implicating Lockheed. I mean, he's just, he, he names, it's the first time he really named names uh, about one. So anyways, that's one of the clips. Um, you ready for another one? Or I, ready for I'm ready. <laughs> okay. All right. This is where, uh, I'll just play it. He's talking about, are we alone? Are we alone? Well, the answer is we're not alone. And I know that with 100% certainty, which as an Intel officer, you never say 100%, but all things pointed towards, uh, based on the people I talked to, like Harry Reid, and I use him as an example, but I talked to the highest of the high people you could possibly talk to to catch my drift. So... Mm -hmm unless all of them are lying and they're covering up something else, which I don't even know what it would be at this point because the phenomenon is real. It's been going on for thousands of years. People have been seeing strange things and not everybody's mass hallucinating. Yes, that's a short one. So he mentions Harry Reid, Senator Harry Reid, who's now deceased. And uh, he says he went to him, you know, and got confirmation from Harry Reid, one of the most powerful senators at the time. And he just... And he very, you know, gently implied there when he said the highest of the high he has spoken to, he's strongly implying he directly spoke to a president of the United States. And he doesn't say which one, but it seems it seems people are leaning to it, it must have been Obama. And he talks about this later in the episode that basically implying that Obama was considering disclosure, but he was sort of talked out of it uh, basically because it it undermines your ability to do anything else. Once you disclose aliens are real, it sort of undermines your ability to do any other domestic agenda stuff. And it, it's just a big can of worms. And he says, apparently Obama wasn't willing to go there. Um, but it might not have been Obama. Maybe it was Trump or uh, maybe even Biden. I don't know. He doesn't. Yeah. I wish that. that I wish he was able to say, yeah, well. love to know more about that. Um, okay. And uh but he does during the show, he talks, he names a lot of names, you know, of people that could be asked that are still alive. But Harry Reid is the only sitting Congress or a senator um, that he names directly. Um, OK, you ready for another one? I am. OK, this one is he talks about uh, he, he talks about um, how he was professionally attacked when he started to be a whistleblower. They came after him uh, in many ways professionally, but this is the most disturbing part. He talks about how he and his wife were personally threatened over this, and he's vague about it, but just listen to what he says. I got this. Personally, uh... was very disturbing. Um, so I have to be very vague about this because ongoing investigation, but I think you'll understand what I'm saying is uh, they showed my wife and I they can touch me at any time two times and it was very disturbing it was in conjunction with some other people getting a message like that that are let's say publicly well known some that are, aren't publicly well known 
And of course, I immediately reported that to, you know, counterintelligence, federal law enforcement. So he's vague about this, but he clearly says him and his wife were given the message that they could be touched. And it doesn't, it's, it's unclear what that means. I mean, that could be anything from, I mean, that could be anything from a, a note left on your kitchen table to, I mean, it's weird he uses the phrase touched. You know? I mean, yeah, because that could mean any, I mean, that could mean blackmail. I mean, in my mind, but it could also mean, you know, walking into your house and touching you while you're sleeping in bed. I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, it could, I mean, it, uh, so it's, it's unclear, but it all, but it's, it's just definitely disturbing, you know, the, to get a threat like that. And it just, you know, reemphasizes how much bravery it takes to be a whistleblower um, yeah. about this. Um. All right. And then I got, I think this is the last one I was going to play. It's just, this is, he talks about the the first uh, or the earliest retrieval of a, of the crash in Italy. And he, so he's talking about the, what he said in his interview was in 1933, this craft crashed in Italy. And in 1945, the Pope and the Vatican helped the U.S. retrieve this craft. And he, he says a little bit more about it right here. And I'm just going to play that part. <laughs> Sorry, this is the Joe Rogan plays this little weird sound at the beginning of his clip, and so you'll hear that. The Joe Rogan experience. The stuff is landing or crashing around the world, and unexpected countries have had this happen, and that's why I picked that because I thought that was a interesting case. And then, of course, the you know Pope Pius the Twelfth and the Vatican were involved, back channeling it through the OSS, which became the CIA later, to FDR, and that's how the U.S. knew. Something weird happened in Italy during, well, right before World War II, but. So this is yeah. 33 mm -hmm. was the first, like, documented? Uh, I, I, that is the earliest one I can talk about, yeah. There's so. something that predates that? My, you could infer that. You could infer that. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, the last clip, but I think it's such an important. In what That was actually a big revelation he just made there, saying it was, he really strongly implies this craft was the earliest one he can talk about but he said he, you know he says it's not he implies it's not the first not the first encounter the u.s government has had with this and that makes so much sense in that um and he and you know in, in the earlier clip he says clearly this goes back thousands of years so he's yeah it's sort of the first time that grush has really confirmed this didn't start in 1947 or 1933. This is a thousands of years. This has been going on, and oh, it's been mentioned in uh, in Samaria cuneiform tablets and Babylonian, you know, history. It talks about you know those who from this the stars came down or something like that. Yeah. yeah, they've been here for a long time. Yeah. Oh, there the I mean that narrative is totally out there with tons of researchers, but it was just to get, you know, to have Grush uh confirm it from his research. Uh it just sort of it's like this whole narrative just seems to to fit together, like you said, back to the Sumerian legend of some somebody creating humanity for right. some purpose and interacting with us for all this time. Oh, let me let me interject here too. Well, my uh my ex-husband was a, a PhD in pharmacology, and he used to love to read books about, you know, the evolution of the bicameral brain and all this stuff. And uh, he was 
remarking that it was extremely strange that some thousands of years ago, I don't know at what point, there was a major uh, shift in our DNA. And it, it seemed, it seems like it was um, kind of manufactured. It's not something that has been witnessed in, in nature. So even he said there was something very strange and he was a pretty pretty down to earth guy. So I'm I'm convinced that we are genetically modified. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a so it just sort of brings us around to the whole like, you know, fundamental question of so what what does I mean, if that basic narrative is true, humans were created and manipulated by some entity what what does that do what where does that place us and what does that how does that affect how we you know ascribe meaning to our lives um yeah i i mean do you have more to share because i could actually speak on that issue if you want me to well i guess i just want to also mention that the stanford school of medicine just had its first it's called the soul foundation conference and it sounded it was had you know it had a ton of military ton of uh scientists and researchers on this and they're basically trying to come up with really clear ways to advise congress and the president of how to deal with this and um christopher mellon former uh deputy secretary of defense was there and his um basically his entire uh presentation has been released in an article on the debrief uh, which I encourage everyone to read. And I, I tweeted it out there, but I was just going to read one um, little part of it aloud. He says, um, he's basically advising Congress about why disclosure, why they should tell us honestly what's going on. And he says, although it would be a much more disturbing provocation than Sputnik, um, implying when Sputnik uh, happened, it scared everyone in the US uh, when uh, Russia put the first satellite around Earth. He says, um, I believe the inevitable ontological shock would would eventually prove highly beneficial, stimulating immense creativity, investment, and research. Moreover, and most importantly, it could have a profound, positive, and desperately needed impact on mankind and international relations. He writes, earlier this year, I penned an article for Politico titled, If the U.S. Government Has UFO Crash Materials, It Is Time to Reveal Them. In the article, I made several points, including the following... One, democracy requires transparency. Two, the American people own any materials recovered by our government. Three, the public can handle disclosure. Four, the government cannot forever stifle the truth. So it is better to get ahead of it. Five, secrecy stifles science. Six, there is no evidence of an imminent threat. And seven, if there is a threat, we need to know so we can prepare. So who was this again? I'm going to write his name down. This is Christopher Mellon. He was uh, Deputy Secretary of Defense under Clinton. He's basically the highest ranking, uh, you know, person, um, uh, former government official to just be completely pushing for disclosure of the truth. Um, nice. He's, been, he's also, he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. He's been... Uh, active behind the scenes. It's, it's basically Christopher Mellon, Lou Elizondo, and David Grush are kind of the three uh, highest ranking former Pentagon or U.S. officials that have been on the forefront 
um, with this. And then besides the, uh, there's a few senators, you know, Marco Rubio, Senator Gillibrand, um, and then congressmen like uh, Tim Burchett, Luna, um, they've been pushing for this, but they're kind of a team of the U.S. officials that have been pushing for this. So they're they're um, trying to push through this thing to cut off funding for these uh, secret um, pro projects, aren't they? Yeah, well, the, that's what the National Defense Authorization Act, the the UAP amendment in there, basically it puts all control into uh, the executive branch, and and along with some other sort of legislation they put through it, it basically puts a timeline down that says, yeah, if you don't. Um, it cuts off funding for these uh, secret programs. If they're working on this material without disclosing it, it gives the government the right to just go in and take whatever material they have, gives imminent domain to the government. So, yeah. um, and it gives a timeline. It gives them like a certain amount of time to disclose everything they have and to show um, clearly, give an inventory of all materials they have to uh, for congressional oversight and executive branch oversight. So how, how successful do you think they're going to be at this? Because what the first thing that comes up in my mind is, well, if this is all about the American government, uh, government coming down on this program and they're trying to squeeze them, uh, and if there are parts of that program that don't want to reveal it, wouldn't they just like move to another part of the world if it's not under American uh, oversight? I mean, it's... You know, it's almost yeah. like whack-a-mole. They try and catch them here. They might pop up somewhere else. I yeah. mean, what do you, what's your sense on that? Um, well, my sense is it's a it's a power struggle within what whatever the U.S. government and the Pentagon is. It's it's you know it's it seems like um it's trying to shift control from the Pentagon, which is just a bunch of unelected military, uh and people and bureaucrats to at least the executive branch and somewhat to Congress. And so, it, but, you know, just because say all the power is shifted to the executive branch doesn't mean it's in the control of actually us, the U.S., you know, uh, the, the people. And also, I mean, so it's a step, but it's not, I don't trust the U.S. government. I don't trust the executive branch. I, the only I have a little bit of faith in Congress because Congress is just chaos. It's just a it's just filled with like out of control, crazy people. And they, you know, I don't believe they're the secret keepers. They just might be. But I do think many of them are corrupt, like Mike Turner. I think he's just paid off, you know, and, and Mike Rogers. Yeah. Of it's just it's clear they're just being controlled by money. There's a rumor now that Mitch McConnell and uh, the new Speaker of the House, Turner, have also joined um, the Mike Mike Turner or uh, Johnson, uh, the new Speaker of the House. Johnson has joined Mike Turner to try to block this, and all that says to me is it looks like the money people or the blackmail power brokers have uh, gotten to them. Wow! So, so the new Speaker is is on the same page as Mike Turner. It's just it seems like uh, the rumor mill is that he's gotten on board with them to try to block this. Wow. But, um, but you know, Tim Burchett and uh, others who ousted the previous speaker, um, they've, they said at first he was supportive, but I think it's just, you know, he was brand new. So they, the secret keepers hadn't have time to 
<laughs> the screws on them. Yeah. And, yeah. Or to bribe them. I mean, it's probably just bribes. A yeah. combination of bribes and threats is how they, I would imagine, control Congress. How they work, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, what a what a what a show going on in Washington. Yeah. But um, I'm curious, what how is this affecting your energy? I mean, are you is there a fear? Is there excitement? Is there I mean, how do you think people should be responding to, to this information? Um, well, I mean, I def I think I am in the in a sort of a state of shock. Um, you know, I've always felt, you know, that the government was uh, was really corrupt, but it is a, a sh it's a really been a deep shock to me to feel like our elected representatives are are just not actually in control at all, and that it's really just some some super wealthy secret groups are controlling the the military and are controlling pulling the strings behind the scenes. I'm convinced, you know, they killed JFK to help keep this secret and they killed RFK and and the people in Congress and the executive branch have to have known this. It's not a well hidden, you know, th right. these crimes were not well hidden. They, they are so obvious once you dig into the evidence. Um, so it's I mean, it's I feel very sad and disturbed about the incredible uh corruption uh and i mean i don't even really feel like we live in a democracy I, I feel like we live in a really a farce of something it's more like the truman show that's what lately it really <laughs> just felt like the truman show like oh we are i know yes i i feel that too isn't that yeah. something yeah so, so but that that's from the political uh side of the spectrum so what about the actual if this is all true and there are aliens here um, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I definitely feel that it's a, it's a diverse, there's a diversity of non-human beings and I'm not even sure it's the aliens that are in cahoots with the secret keepers. It might just be humans that are just hiding the truth about aliens from us. And it might be that the non-human intelligence are really just incredibly advanced, incredibly enlightened, but they just don't interfere. And they're just waiting for us humans to free ourselves from some sort of prison planet situation or zoo type situation that we are in. And maybe they're, you know, subtly helping us behind the scenes, speaking with some people or just waiting. I don't know. I, you want to you want to hear my take on it? Yeah, what I yeah, feel yeah. like it's like a a bit of an intuitive hit that I get um, in meditation. I kind of feel like the dynamic is, and I think I've mentioned this before. My feeling, my my intuitive sense is that we are being watched, and especially now with all the internet, we're being categorized, we're being sorted, we're being evaluated. Um, and I think it's, they're putting us into categories according to our, you could say, our vibration, our frequency, our intention. Um, so if we are full of fear and anxiety and we're ready to, you know, jump and, and kill anybody at any moment, anybody threatens me. So that's first chakra root survival stuff. And if you're 
frequency is in that area of fear, then there are aliens who are more than happy to deal with you on that level. And, uh, and then there's another frequency, which is more the, the second chakra zone, which is the pleasure zone, the sexual zone, the addiction zone, the, the zone of, of self-indulgence. Um, and there are probably, you know, aliens more than willing to, to deal with you on that level. So what I'm saying is, is that who we are is potentially going to determine our own personal uh, experience. And so I think there are many kinds of aliens watching us. And there are plenty that are willing to work with us with on whatever level we're on. But I do have concerns about people who are very stuck in the lower dense frequencies, because they could get pulled into, um, you know, that kind of magnified energy. Um, and those those are the energies I want to almost say are the people that they're using. They're using them for for kind of milking that energy for for whatever reason. Um, but those that are say up in the heart chakra really trying to reach that that middle way that zone of compassion and empathy. I can sense many many I would say the majority of any extraterrestrial consciousnesses out there are more than willing to help us make that jump from the lower energy chakra levels to the to the higher chakras. Um, I really feel like that. And if you if you just make an attempt to meditate and just be still, you can almost really hear clearer and clearer, more clearly. Um, these energies wanting to to draw you upward and uh, and expands your your understanding sort of implant wisdom if you will hmm. so that they're all i think there are several different kinds of aliens here and i think they're all uh kind of um acclimating themselves on whatever level you're on we are on individually hmm. so that's my take because there are people here who on this planet who are uh, extremely dark energy people. And they're being drawn into kind of what you might call the whole reptilian hell realm or whatever's going on. Um, I don't, I don't want to focus there myself. I want to help to try to elevate the energy. Hmm. So that's, that's my, that's where I come in. <laughs> I guess I feel, um, you know, I guess I feel I feel like the the secret keepers and whoever perhaps you could call them low frequency aliens that perhaps are either controlling the secret keepers or in cahoots with them. Some people say it's like the Illuminati really is like this maybe low frequency alien council or majestic 12. But I, I wonder about, you know, if there is a, a low frequency alien group that is somehow likes humans to be at war, wants us to be confused and afraid, it's like, I feel this, this incredible desire to, to ask them to, to try to communicate with them and say, is it, can you, can they shift and are they really 
committed to be to being violent and evil and focused on fear like a part of me imagines this like civilization of this these reptilian aliens that perhaps they're controlled by a government or a hierarchy that is just horrible something like north korea authoritarian or or nazi germany but i wonder if they're even within that i like have this dream like darth vader suddenly becoming you know finding compassion again and awakening uh to be to a different way it's like i want the evil aliens to become enlightened with humanity and to just you know uh and i i don't know i find myself you know when i i sometimes uh pray or meditate and i i actually try to communicate with you know at times i'll say god or source or something like that but i lately i've also found myself trying to communicate with whatever these powerful beings are that are not that are the uh you know they might be you might even call them the jailers the ones running the truman show here and just asking it's like what what do you want what is it you're trying to achieve here is it are they just using us as batteries just to get energy is it or is it just money and power or some sort of thrill can they not themselves find that it's a that they're they're living and running us in a way that is not satisfying and good for even them boy oh boy yeah why are they doing this i mean that that's hard question and and also the bigger question is can could we or are they even um capable of reaching a higher frequency. I think personally, in my, my own spiritual beliefs, I believe in reincarnation, and I believe it may take a million lifetimes for a person to become enlightened, but I think we're always on that trajectory to go towards a higher, a higher light. But I don't know. I think the lower frequencies are necessary for the whole picture to be. It's like you can't just say, I don't like maggots. Let's get rid of maggots out of the world. You know, I hate to say it, but they maybe on some level they're they're um, performing a, a necessary function. I don't know. The question is, are we going to feed it? Are the you know, who's going to feed it? And I think we are feeding it through that low energy when we when we um, when we go there, when we when we participate in those low energies, we're, we're 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 fearful, we're angry, we're we're basically functioning in that animal reptilian part of our brain, which resonates with them, and I think that's where that horrifying dance is. But I don't know if if it, you know, I don't want to say Mother Nature did this whole thing wrong or or God did everything wrong and it's not, you know, we got to change all that dark energy. Maybe that dark energy is playing a vital role. Maybe it's the shadow side of the coin. You got to have both sides, the shadow side and the light side. So my, my uh, hope is not that we have to change that, but that we can uh, rise above it and sort of grow out of it. Um, so uh, yeah, there's a there's a great a great lesson here somewhere. How do we manage this without participating or feeding them? I should say, or um, what's the best thing we can each individually do? And that's going to depend on 
obviously our, our who we are and how we resonate. But my my goal and my intention is to try to stay at a higher vibration so that they cannot access me. So I think it depends on where you're vibrating, what your intention, how you feel, all your emotions depend on who can touch you and who can't touch you. Hmm. And when I say touch you, I don't mean like sneak up on you at night and touch you. I mean, influence you uh, in a way. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh the it's interesting the uh when you say feed them, don't feed them or feed them, are we choosing to starve them? Like are they vampires? Like are at least Yes, I, I think they are like vampires. We're talking about the lower levels now, yeah. not all yeah. aliens. I think they're you know, we're just looking at the lower vibrational elements here. Yeah, they um they're basically the vampire energy they're they're feeding on on humans in a way i you know you can only hope it's not physical right like eating us maybe they are but who knows but i think also energetically um and maybe we maybe they use our energy to charge batteries i don't you know i i don't know but i do think it's there i don't um i don't want to you know work up a, a big fear about it uh but yeah i think they're there and i think we kind of have to just accept it because they're they've always been here and and it you know just look at nature nature has some pretty nasty things going on too just in the way you know nature is you know animals killing animals and torturing animals and animals dying of you know starvation in the desert i mean these things are happening all the time so you have to accept it on one level, but not focus on it. So you raise your energy so that you're accessing higher levels of consciousness and other um, could say aliens who are who are there to actually help us mentor us. Because it's kind of like we're going into a birthing process here We're we're being offered an opportunity to jump an octave. It's like we've been hanging out down here in the the first two or three chakras of our of our energy systems and we haven't had a lot of access to the higher chakras and i think we're being offered an opportunity to take a jump and that's that's not a jump out of this world or it's not a jump into you know some other body it's it's really just more accessing the higher chakra you know just the heart chakra is a is a balancing chakra so so that's um that's my story and i'm sticking with it <laughs> well it seems like they're the you know it, it seems like the are some of the aliens are they seem to be almost participating in this disclosure by because it seems sightings are increasing you know military sightings seem to be uh have been really like daily for many years all like back to like 2004 it seems like the military and the navy has been seeing them so much that's one of the reasons this has been happening and congress finally has gotten involved but it so it seems like they are uh the evidence is just building up and building up more and more credible people stanford university scientists more and more congress people are and more evidence is coming out but it i mean they could make it a lot faster by just putting a 
flying saucer over every major city and just sitting it there. I mean, if they wanted to make it really happen fast and have us see, oh, there is definitely more to the universe here. There is definitely more going on. I mean, they don't have to come out and talk to us, but they could just reveal themselves and really push us. But they're they're kind of making it this weird, almost, um, I don't know, intelligence test, like slowly more and more humans are going to be like, okay, there's way too much evidence, way too much evidence. I have to now rethink my place in the universe, but they're, they're just doing it, increasing the evidence at such a slow pace that, I mean, when I, it's, when I talk to people, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like a hesitant, you know, people ask me what's going on. Oh, I just went to an alien conference in Las Vegas and it's like, um, you know, that you can feel there is this incredible mental resolve of people to be like, I don't want to think about this or talk about this. I don't want to consider this possibility. And um, so it's, it's, it's weird sort of waiting for the ontological opening of minds so that we can, I mean, I, I, part of me just like, I just want everyone to have their minds suddenly broke open so everyone's like okay we need to rethink things we need to rethink how we as humans interact we need to rethink how we form government how we manage resources on this planet how we think about peace rethink why any of us are at war you know what why are we participating in these silly wars when there is you know there's super oh i totally family. agree yeah that <laughs> that so resonates with me what you're saying yeah i agree yeah. yeah. And the, the evidence of them going at such a slow pace, I wonder if that's intentional just to not blow everybody's mind, you know, yeah. um, kind of like the boiling frog thing, you, you know, just to, to let's do this slowly so everybody can acclimate. Um, but I do think we, we need a big change. You know, this, this could really, if it did blow the lid off, at least in a way that's we can get it back together um i think it could be the best thing in the world so i don't know slow or fast i think it's coming yeah yeah crazy well 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 it's interesting times in which we live um, it really is. And I, you know, and, and it's more and more, we, we know, we don't know what's happening. We're trying to figure out what's happening. Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? What's really going on? It's just a little bit overwhelming <laughs> mm -hmm. to say the least sometimes. And so that's why I'm um, doing what I do, which is trying to help bring meditation more into, into people's lives. Um, in down here in Virginia, I'm working through the school systems and, uh, we just need more of it, especially for kids, because they, they just don't know what's going on. And <laughs> adults don't know what's going on. Can you imagine what kids are going through trying to figure this out? Um, oh, yeah. It's so, be such yeah. a strange time to be a kid these days, to be, a, right? you know, a middle school or high school or even elementary school. And, you, you, you know, you might get curious about aliens. But if you're alive right now, you're like, oh, my gosh. It, I mean, there is so much evidence that there is something very very real and serious going on with aliens and it is so clear that the adult world has only a small fraction of it is honestly looking at the evidence of what's going on and a huge portion of it is just in this 
has their blinders on in such a, a strong degree it's it's got to be more disturbing than ever to be a, a a kid growing up in this world like what is going on with the adults yeah yeah so. can't trust our academic institutions yeah yeah hmm. yeah so i think whatever we can do to to help uh, you know alleviate some of the anxiety around all of this is um it's it's the best thing we can do and i hope you don't hear my rooster i bet you do (laughs) it's calling us to meditate calling us to meditate are we ready to meditate with some crowing going on in the back i I, I think so i think that'll be a nice (laughs) nice organic addition it is an yeah well maybe he'll stop after a while he he does get obnoxious (laughs) but yeah let's go ahead and, and do a meditation i would like to just um help to to calm the atmosphere a little bit because uh, talking about aliens can be scary for some people can be exciting can be whatever it is it it does cause some anxiety so yeah so let's go ahead and, and just just come into the moment let me ring a little bell here and get started so we'll do what 10 minutes 15 what, whichever you prefer okay let's start So we'll start with just taking a nice deep breath and just feel it coming into our lungs. Feel the satiation of that uh, feeling of the lungs being full and then just release it gently. You can almost imagine that you've just been in a noisy restaurant, lots of people talking, conversations, and now you're just going to walk outside. The voices are getting a little more in the distance. And you are just letting go of all the conversations and just coming into your own present being. Feel your feet on the floor. Maybe your seat on the chair or the cushion. And this this is the portal for being present. Using our five senses is our portal to being present in the moment. So we can listen to what we hear around us that's happening right now, right here, right now. We can use our sensations on our skin, any temperature changes, pressure, any irritations. So anything going on with the skin and the muscle, just being aware of it is another way of coming back to the present moment. You might ask yourself, what's the reason for meditating apart from just stop thinking? Meditation actually exercises 
our ability to make uh, choices instead of reacting. So much of what we do is just knee-jerk reactions. But meditation can actually help us to see it before we react, and that gives us choice. Choice to respond how we want to direct our inner dialogue or not. It's really quite a superpower. When you're good at it, you can be caught in a stream of thought tied to intense emotions. And when you see it, you have the choice of coming back and being present and calm. Coming back to a calm state of being after being embroiled in a thought process is a superpower. Practicing letting go. So let's just sit here for another few minutes and just let go. When the mind wanders, which it does, that's the nature of the mind. And the practice of meditation is to see it. I'm thinking. I've gone off on another thinking trail. Whatever it is, it could be, you know, making your shopping list or what to do today. When you see those thoughts coming in, just notice it. And then you have the choice to come back to the present moment. If those thoughts have been causing anxiety, you might feel some tightness in your shoulders or your stomach. Maybe your jaw is tight. Every emotion we have is tied to some activity going on in the body. Our emotions change our physiology. And being aware of that is a powerful mental practice. So we're right here, right now. Breathing in, breathing out. Listening to our body. If your body wants to bend or turn, Just give it what it wants, a little stretch. Coming back to the breath, the breath is always the anchor because it's always with us. 
breathing in, breathing out. It can feel like coming home. If you have feelings of fear around these subjects of aliens and human beings being used, just feel that. What does that feel like? That feels there's a heat to it. There's a tension to it. Where do you feel it in your body, your throat maybe? Let it go and just come back to the breath. The more resilience we can develop, the more ability we can cultivate to release thoughts, overwhelming thoughts, and come back to a state of peace is a superpower. And if we can develop that, we would be more prepared for any great big shocking disclosure if that were to ever happen. So the best thing to do at any point in time is to be present. Be mindful. Out of the stillness, every perfect action happens. Trees don't have to learn how to grow, they just grow. And when we meditate, we're being like a tree. Everything we do from that point of stillness is a perfect action.
And from this point, we can just abide in the mystery. Enjoy the dance, the movement of life. Breathing in, breathing out. These bodies can experience pain but the mind does not have to suffer. So we'll take this little bit of peace with us back out into the world. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Doro, once again. Until next time. Bye-bye.